This week on the Lords of Grantham podcast, we've watched all of Down Abbey, we've seen the movie, and now it's time for us to review Gosford Park. Hope you enjoy. Again, yes, it is in that the post days of the Downton Abbey film. It's collected 180 million dollars worldwide. 95 of those coming from the United States and how Canada. much total? Yeah, around 180 million. So half from the states and Canada. Yeah, good for us. Yeah, yeah, good for us. And just to quantify that for the people tuning in for Gosford Park, that's about more than four times as much as Gosford Park made. Okay. <laughs> okay. So even with inflation, it's a bigger deal than that movie ever was. And that movie was nominated for Best Picture, and we're talking about it today. Oh, it was? Really? I, I have a lot of... I figured I, I went in as blind as possible, because I really knew nothing about Gosford Park. Oh, really? Never seen it. I uh, I mean, well, let's give our listeners a, a... You know, before we get into all Gosford Park, Dave, anything new we want to update our listeners on? Um... Let me think. Well, I, did, I mean, big old thanks to all the support and love we've mm-hmm. gotten for the past two episodes. The... Final mix match challenge in the the sixty four character tournament. I've been getting a lot of love mm-hmm. from the internet, and people seem to be reacting very positively. Uh, I really enjoyed doing those episodes. Yeah, there was one comment from a from a listener on uh, on Instagram. Uh, Anita Chakir. She always she always likes and comments whenever we post a photo of Bates. But when I posted about the the challenge last time, she says I have dreams of Anna and Robert getting married when John and Corey have died. <laughs> And having twins also. I mean, I can see Mr. Bates dying, but I don't see Cora croaking before Robert. Yeah, she just kind of dropped that message out of nowhere. I appreciate the enthusiasm. Just, you know, just sharing the dreams there. Yeah, yeah. sure. I don't dream about Downton Abbey. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and we also, uh, for our bracket of 64 characters, uh, Richard Clarkson on, on Instagram, uh, the person who's assumed that personality on, on Instagram, they they said Jimmy should have won the whole 64 person bracket. Jimmy. Jimmy. And as I said back, he got caught stroking, so it just didn't work out that way. Jimmy, isn't that funny? Because Jimmy is the one that blocked me on on the Lord of Grantham Twitter. The role chance, player. There's a chance that Richard Clarkson and Jimmy are the same person. Yeah, different... so they're the same avatar, same <laughs> man behind the 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 characters. You never know. That would be really funny. That'd be really bizarre, though. Yeah, that's but like I guess I don't know this culture. Maybe some, this culture. some backwards catfishing going on there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we're here today to talk about Gosford Park, though. Yes. For a frame of reference, Dave, how old were we when Gosford Park came out? This is 01? Yes. 13? Yes. We were 13 years of age. Uh, I knew not. I didn't. Honestly, I didn't know anything about this movie until I got into Downton Abbey. Really? I remember there being like uh, trailers on, on TV and stuff like that. And I was aware of it. I did not make the connection to, to Julian Fellows or anything like that. Yeah. Now, my question is, uh, in regards to Julian Fellows... Mm-hmm. In this movie, and obviously there's other Downton connections that we'll get to as we go. Yeah, um, is this his real jumping off point internationally? Yeah, yeah. So his way of getting into this movie, he was already, he was an actor at that time, really more than anything. Julian Fellows, he had written some stuff uh, and some he had done some a few miniseries, including like some mystery stuff for like the BBC and, and over in London. But um, your boy uh, Balaban, 
uh, what's his first name? Bob. Bob Balaban. <laughs> Hard to remember first name. Bob Balaban and Robert Altman. Uh, what's the word that they use? Like based on an idea thought of by Bob in the opening credits, the way they word it. Yeah, yeah. So, so I think I think Altman had the idea about wanting to do something with uh, Agatha, like an Agatha Christie type murder mystery. And Bob Balaban suggested reaching out to his friend Julian Fellows because he'd done some of these murder mysteries or, or uh, short shows over there. And so they reached out to Julian Fellows and he wasn't sure about it because he had never written a script for a film before. Mm-hmm. So this is his first time doing it. And this is, yeah, the, the jumping off point. This is the creation of the man that we know today as Julian Fellows, really. Is, he's a sir, right? He's been knighted? He is Sir Julian. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. It's funny because, yeah, my awareness of the, this movie comes more from the film side of just knowing Robert Altman and his work. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure how familiar you are, Dave, with his filmography. I, I mean, I know the name. I'm... You know, he did The Prairie Home Companion was his last movie. Uh, I saw that. Yeah. Uh, he did a lot of these like ensemble pieces where there's always a lot of characters coming in and out of the scene and stuff and people talking in the background. Uh, so Altman, he's known for, um, was it, Nashville, his big movie, M.A.S.H., uh, from the seventies, did the play Popeye? Popeye, that that fiasco. Uh, Popeye has a sixty on Rotten Tomatoes. Popeye is it's, it's pretty have, well regarded. Have you seen it? Yeah, I've seen Popeye. I've seen most of it. That's a weird movie, man. It's a really weird movie. Uh, but yeah, th- he's a he's a really famous director, and um, that's how I knew of the movie. But it, obviously, its uh, reputation has grown because. I guess Down itself actually started as the. Uh, it was supposed to be a spinoff of Gosford Park. Really? Yeah, initially, and, and then Julian was like, "No, let's uh, let's do something else with it." And then they went another way. Uh, but yeah, and that, and you can see where there's parallels between this and, and Downton. Absolutely, it's all about the upstairs and downstairs life. Yeah, and this movie has a stacked cast. Oh yeah, yeah. This is like, an you don't even realize how you got a lot of people on the come up. Yeah. A lot of people just coasting. Who's coasting? Let's just go through the names. Okay. Maggie Smith, I think, is kind of coasting. This is you like, think Maggie Smith is coasting? She's not on the up. She's like in it. I mean, I think it's just more so like you got to have her in it. I don't know if she's coasting so much as like we got to have her to really... What, what's her claim to fame before this? Just being an amazing actress. Okay. So, case in point. I mean, this is the same year she was in Harry Potter. So it's like, you know, she she, she just she got it. You know, well, she, she definitely came into the cultural... She, her peak in the culture, pop culture world is Downton in the end of the Harry Potter series. Oh, 2010, 2011. It was, yeah. That business was booming for Maggie Smith. Yeah. Yeah. So she's definitely in it. Right. And Gam- then, uh, we got, Speaking of Harry Potter, Dumbledore, Michael Gambon. Gambon. Who I thought was Albert Finney, just the way he was carrying himself in this movie. But no. It was, <laughs> this is not how I go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was talking like that. But no, I, I get those British actors all confused all the time. Uh, but yeah, Dumbledore's in this movie too. Um, some of these actresses I don't necessarily know by name immediately. Kristen Scott, Scott Thomas. From The English Patient, sure. Yeah. From Drive. She, no, only no. God for... It's a neon Ryan Gosling poster. Apologies <laughs> okay. for mixing that up. Yeah, but she's uh, like the, the Lady Mary type in the movie. Camilla Rutherford. Yeah, I don't know her really. Yeah, neither do I. She was in Yesterday. Yeah, she's in a small uh, role in it. Tywin yeah. Lannister. Yeah, Charles Dance. I knew him. Yeah, I knew him. Kind of in the background of this movie. He doesn't really even do much. He's just there. Um, all right, I'm going to stop just going through this in order. Yeah, yeah. Um, Bo- Bobby Balaban. Bob Balaban. Dave, I don't know why. you're. you're are you a fan of his name or are you a fan of him as an actor? Um, I'm I'm indifferent to Bob Balaban. I like uh, he's in Moonrise Kingdom. 
Yeah, I just know when the movie The Monuments Men, the, the biggest hit of this decade, came out, all you kept saying around that time was Bob Balaban money. And I don't know. It's a, he's bound. You said it so many times that year, and I don't know why. <laughs> just out of nowhere in the conversation. That's Balaban. Yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, Keep it going down. Ryan Phillippe. I don't know how he got in this movie. That's the one no, thing not, I, I keep wondering about with this movie is how did he get in this? He, he seems He's like always been like a B-minus list actor at best, but he's been pretty much on the C list for for a long time with his career. Mm-hmm. And it was, it's just he's 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 pitching out his his depth here in this movie. Uh, Stephen Fry. Stephen Fry, great great uh beloved uh, British uh comedian. Clive. Uh, Cl- so that's the the big one who's on, on the, the come, come up. up. Yeah. I was saying where's uh, like a week ago that I feel like Clive Owen had a very short window. He missed his opportunity, man. He he blew it. He you know, 2006 was his year. He had the um, Inside Man. He had uh, Children of Men. Men. The year before that was Sin City. Shoot 'em Up was after that, and Shoot 'em Up was after that. And I think that kind of was like, wait, what is he doing here? It kind, it kind of like, yeah, the guy keep doing those A list roles, or you just kind of lose it. And it's funny though. He, it's it's funny looking at movies from like just eighteen years ago, where like, you know, he's a handsome guy clearly and everything. But I feel like our expectation of celebrity is different today because as soon as he has like his like he's just wearing a wife beater in this, he has like these really stringy skinny arms, and it's like. This guy was rumored to be James Bond for a while, and it's like I can't see a guy like that with those stringy arms beating up someone. Yeah, he definitely has uh, some pre-Daniel Craig era Bondisms that I don't think would uh, that I think Daniel Craig kind of scrubbed away a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Little, yeah. At the time, he's definitely suave. Now he seems a little uh, surly. Yeah. No, I feel bad for Clive Owens because his career is just kind of like in the dumps. Like I went and saw, and I don't recommend it. I saw Gemini Man with Will Smith. Uh, just because I was interested in the, the 3D technology behind it, not because I wanted to see the movie. And uh, Clive Owen is just the bad guy in that movie, just like for a few scenes collecting checks. And it's like, man, you're the bad guy in a Will Smith movie on the back the back end of Will Smith's career. Man, Clive. Well, back end? We still got a lot left. I of, mean, uh... I guess Aladdin was a big hit this year. Anyways, that's a different conversation for, All right, for Big so Will. Moving down from Clive. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll talk There's more. There's more to parse with him, yeah. Helen Mirren. I didn't even realize she this was in, deep down the cast list. I didn't even realize she was in this movie till late. I was like, "Wait, that's Helen Mirren." Like, uh, I was like, "Mirren, Whew. what's up, Helen?" Yeah, big fan. Going down even further, we got Kelly McDonald. She she's a big factor in the movie. Oh yeah, I skipped her. What else is she in? What else is she in? Train spotting? No uh, country for old men. Oh yeah, that's uh, right. She's in the last Harry Potter film as well as a a ghost. Um, that's right. I I don't mean I I never know train spotting off because I've only ever seen it once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, she she's the Merida from uh, Brave, you know. Mm-hmm. Any any Irish last kicker out there roles? She she has it. Um, Jeremy Swift is in this film. Uh, is that who I think you're talking about? Is that none other? <laughs> That's a little Septimus Spratt. <laughs> How big did you pop for that when we saw huge? So huge. yes, listeners, Septimus Spratt is in this film, not as Septimus Spratt, oh, but he, essentially as Septimus Spratt. Is he though? I don't know. I felt like he was a different character. His name is Septimus. No, it's no. not. It's <laughs> no, Arthur. It's Optimus in this one, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, man. Unicron. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. It's like, okay, so they got Septimus in the Gosford Park. They got him in the show, but they couldn't get him from the Downton movie. Like, what was his, like, asking? Like, they, didn't, they cu- uh, didn't they cut him? I don't... He wasn't supposed to be in it. Him but, and but no, they shot, but they... Really? They cut him, I think. Well, we got to get that DVD. That, on that note, that's coming out. Yeah. 
Speaking of doubt and stuff, we got to listen to some fellows' audio commentary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so that's just the um, basics of the cast. We have a lot more characters. I think there's so many freaking characters for a two-hour movie. Yeah, it, and I know, it, like you said, this is Robert Altman's thing. I don't really know Robert Altman's body of work that well. I don't walk around in his circles. Not a fan of his type. <laughs> yeah, huh? yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so the the everyone's coming. To, the thing about watching this on Netflix, so I don't know how this is internationally. Yeah, it says it's available if you're in America. It's available to watch on Netflix. I don't know how it is for you to watch overseas uh-huh. for some of our listeners. It says USA Films presents. Right. So I just kept thinking. Okay, so I know like a couple British people are here, but then I know like, you know, I know Robert Altman's American, Bob Balaban is American. Yeah, it's, these are a lot of American people. So it took me like fifteen minutes to really settle into the fact that it's not America. Uh, yeah, and, and I'm sure you may have confused USA Films with the USA Network, where characters are welcome. Yes, uh, but it's no relation to that at all. I think USA Films is actually the name before it became Focus Features, as we know today, which. I think was involved in the release of Down Abbey. So yeah, isn't it their most popular property. It is. Uh, so yeah, no, not much USA presence in this movie. I, I think he well, re- enough USA presence, right? Well, he's really committed though to that Agatha Christie like idea, which is kind of weird because it doesn't come into a murder mystery at all until like forty five yeah, minutes to an hour in the movie. <laughs> when I saw the Netflix description, is like a, a caper, a who done it? I was like, what? And so then I'm watching the movie because I had to pause it like halfway yeah. through. I was like, oh, somebody's going to die. It's like besides the whole point of the movie, it seems like. That just happens to be a thing that happens mm-hmm. <laughs> um, to give it some structure or a plot, really. Because really, it's, it almost starts off like a down episode where people are coming to the manor. Uh, for a to, shooting party. Yeah, they don't even say Gosford Park in the movie at all once. Uh, but they're coming to Gosford for yeah, a shooting party, you know, a big old get together. And... Uh, and we're, we're first introduced to it through, I guess, our the audience surrogate, which is Kelly, Kelly McDonald, almost like an Anna type, really, in the way that she seems like a, you know, a, yeah, 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 a, a good person who's just, you know, innocent. Uh, With Maggie Smith playing a dowager, dowager type, type a right? Constance Trentham. Good name. I think Julian improved on his naming there. Uh, I think Julian is lazy with his naming because we well, see I, I, Trentham. Like, well, it could be either <laughs> he's lazy, which. May or may not be true, but also this could be because this is his first script, and he was very much, I think, instructed to stay true to the times. He he stayed true to it to like you know let's get those like mouthful names in there. Okay, so that's what we got. Trentham, here. Trentham, yeah. Ch- change that T to a G, and what do you got? I, I don't know. Grantham. Change that E to an A. Uh, Grantham. Uh, so what happened? So we're is, the lords of Trentham. What, when he spun off Gosford Park for the movie for the TV show. Of Downton, he just changed the names in the script to Grantham at the last minute. He's like, "Wait a second, it's not a spinoff anymore. We don't have the it's rights." Like, it's okay, like, um, like the Office with uh, Agent Michael Scarn. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Change Dwight's name all the time, just a little bit. Control C, Control V. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, they're they're all going to this uh, this manor, and um, yeah, it really just plays like a Downton episode and it, but it, there's not enough time given to all these characters and you're supposed to care about right them. it drops you in the middle of it and you don't really know any of the characters and it just goes it's just like all these people interacting and having a party and i i get how that's, that's good that's good in the sense of like you know this is a this is just a slice of life of like the, this kind of, of mm-hmm. people there and everything it's kind of a, a swerve though from what you expect for Downton, where you know that's a soap opera you you know all the characters you care about all the stuff so all the stuff is really ra- involving here it, you're kept at arm's length to a certain degree, I feel like. Yeah, as any any uh, 
who done it is they're not get, handing you things right and yeah exactly you don't know who will kill the person or who will die eventually mm-hmm. well you, you it's a, only like two or three people that you think are gonna die right it's got it's probably gonna be gambon right i mean dumbledore <laughs> yeah probably, it's, you know albus is on his way out and spoilers if you haven't watched gosford park you, you should probably check out now yeah, because, if you've made it 15 minutes into this podcast without or, you know having not seen this movie we're Gambon is the one who dies. Yeah. 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 Spoiler alert. I think it's in the trailer too, if you had watched the trailer. Now imagine having watched that trailer and then you just watch an hour of the movie waiting for him to die. Yeah, I'd be like, where's the murder mystery? Like like they show like shots of like poison early in the movie and stuff like that. But like if you're not really paying attention to that, it's just like that just you've missed it altogether. Well, I mean, it's pretty um obvious. Is it the slow zoom onto like the poison? Oh model. yeah, yeah, and the knife. I mean, thing. if you're watching the movie, right? You know, yeah, yeah. They're not very subtle. No, no. But I mean, yeah. I mean, what? What is the plot of the movie? Like Stephen Fry shows up. He does some kind of half there, you know, investigating. And you know, I I, I think the real arc of the movie it's for me at least, and it's not even just the the murder. It's just. I, I, I don't even know what the arc of the movie is. It, you, you really, the through line is Kelly McDonald's character, where it, like her interactions with everyone. I, I think it's just kind of a little bit of like her coming to terms of like, meeting with, like I don't know, just a little bit more of reality, you know, by the, by the end of it. Like the, well, where I think right out of the gate, the people that we're supposed to sympathize the most, most with are her and Clive Owen. Right, and Clive Owen doesn't even show up until like half hour into the movie either. He's just there. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, my guy just arrived or whatever. And, yep. Yeah. But, like, because, like... She, and she, and we're we're given a lot of Ryan Phillippe. Right. Right, which doesn't really add up to much by the end of it. That's the thing, the problem with these sort of ensemble whodunit movies, mm-hmm. where I, I couldn't help but make the... I mean, let, well, just, should we just jump jump to the twist? Or do we, or do we want to break this down proper? Let's break it down proper. Okay. In a movie, I'll say again, it's spoilers if you have not seen or read. Yeah, Murder on the Orient Express. One thing that makes that interesting in the end mm-hmm. is like, oh, everybody had a hand in this. Yeah. So it makes makes it like all of the attention you've been paying to all of these characters pays off. Yeah. When it's a more conventional, this person did it. Mm-hmm. You're like, well, then why the, why the heck did I spend so much time with these characters that didn't do much aside from just exist? Yeah. And maybe that's. The fellows-ism of the movie is that these he sort of writes for characters just sort of sitting around and talking. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. To me, I, I felt a little empty at the end of this movie, a little let down. But so that's your your takeaway from the movie. I I didn't dislike it, but I I wasn't like, oh, that was awesome. I think I I liked it. I I, I don't think I loved it, but I did appreciate it. And I I think it's because it kind of gets at what. I mean, is this kind of there on the surface down? But it, the movie kind of takes its time to dig into it. It's like, you know, here is the upstairs and all that that stuff. But here's how it affects the downstairs and how they kind of come back around on, you know, to the mm-hmm. people above. Yeah, to the, it, the inspectors doesn't even question anyone downstairs. Yeah. And I, I kind of like that whole aspect of like, oh, okay, it wasn't all glitz and glamour for everyone back then and stuff. Mm-hmm. And here's how it manifested itself. And I, th- I thought that, that worked. I really liked that. And like, and you kind of see that with, I don't think that Kelly McDonald comes into it like so, like uh, you know, oblivious to all of that. But she's much more keenly aware of it, like through getting to know the Clive Owen character, 
being attacked, uh-huh. being attacked by Ryan Philippi and stuff, and then like her friendship with the other uh, maid. Maid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She she comes out of it like a little bit more worldly by by the end of it, and it's because of just being exposed to these other downstairs people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I'm I I I liked it. I I and I kind of liked just you know being in this world but i wish i did know more about the characters or cared about them they're instead they're kind of just like archetypes for the most part yeah and uh and some of them are like like they get, ryan Philippi is given so, so much so screen yeah, time. that's the most problematic character probably of the movie i'd think and not problematic just so much like it's just i don't know just confounding use of him i don't know so because he comes in so strong he's such a big character he's like a jimmy type he reminds me of jimmy yeah uh, and he's doing a terrible a- accent, and I, I kept thinking too while watching this, why did they hire Ryan Philippi? He has yeah, a terrible exactly, accent. For exactly. This. And then that's part of the whole plan. He, he's not really Irish or British or anything. Well, he's a, supposed to be a, it's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's supposed not to be a Scott. Scott. Not at all. No, no, because he's an American actor. He's one of Bob Balaban's actors, I guess. And uh, that that actually did make me laugh though when he comes in and he talks in the American accent. And he expects the whole room to react to him finally talking the American accent, and they just don't give him anything. Yeah, nobody cares. He really has because he's terrible. He's not good at it. So there's his character is very strange in that like he there's a scene with with Bob Balaban where he's like, "Are you gonna come back later?" Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. like, wait a minute, are they like lovers? Yeah, right. And then he goes and, and the thing happens with um, Kelly McDonald's character. Where he like yeah is he a bad guy yeah is, is he like a and then there's the woman that's like come back with the milk yeah which and, I, that also made me laugh too when he comes back he talks in the American accent and she's like what and he talks in the Scottish accent and she's like okay now you can do me or whatever <laughs> it's like so that like, like we're not we can't like this you know he's not likable yeah yes yeah. and then like after he everyone knows he's American there's nothing left to do with him and there, it's weird because Clive Owen at one point is like oh yeah the guy's American and there's no scene and I rewound it several times to see where there's a scene where he kind of figures it out he just has a conversation with him and I guess he just pieces it together and he tells us as the audience that he's American before we see the drop of that it's weird it's weird um, and then I feel like the one thing that makes a really good whodunit movie mm-hmm. is a lot of finger pointing yeah and I feel like there wasn't much finger pointing. Right. And he doesn't get close enough to Gambin to make you think that he's the the killer. Well, I, mean, I guess that's just more of a, a general thing. But Bob Balaban's character oh, yeah. is supposed to be putting together a screenplay of this very meta storyline of a murder mystery at right. a For a Charlie Chan thing. movie. <laughs> and then when the murder happens, there's never anyone that's like, there's no tension. It just seems yeah. like the only tension is like we're stuck in this house. We don't want to be here anymore. Right. So like I think as an Agatha Christie murder, it it fails in, in that regard. And, but and, but then again, it doesn't really even try. It, it, I feel like mm-hmm. it's just like a hook to sell the movie, which I think it, well it succeeded at doing that. Um, it's funny though. Yeah, it's, it's Ryan Phillippe again in this movie. So like aside from the character not going anywhere, it just adds to the weirdness where like you have all these well respected and well regarded actors in the movie, and what is Ryan Phillippe's Call of Fame, like uh, Cruel Intentions, MacGruber, uh, yeah, Breach, Crash. Uh, he's in Crash. He's shooter? also a shooter for USA Networks. <laughs> Characters welcome. Uh, it's just weird that he he got the role. And I reading the IMDb trivia, he was not initially supposed to be in the film. He got the call at the last moment to appear in it. Mm-hmm. And do you know who he replaced, Dave? Brandon Coyle. If only it was it was supposed to apparently be Jude Law. But Jude Law is a Brit, right? Right. Which is like, it would have been cool. I think it would have elevated the movie to have Jude Law in there, but it also would make you think like, 
well, shouldn't he be doing more or something? Shouldn't it add up to more or something? It's Jude Law. Here, Ryan Philby. It's like, okay, get him out of the picture because he's Philby. He's the mm-hmm. former husband of Reese Witherspoon, right? But, uh, yeah, okay. Kudos for you for getting in this movie, dude. You owe your agent uh, some money. Um, yeah, sure. I kind of wish Jude Law was in this. You know, if you don't know. Oh, it, to jump back, we didn't mention that Bricker is in it as well. Oh, yeah. We'll get to that. Yeah. But as I was saying, Jude Law, though, man. Yeah, yes. It would have taken it up another level. And for me, you know, I saw him on stage as Hamlet a decade ago, and it influenced my, my style forever, where I've worn cardigans ever seen, since seen him as Hamlet. So you like, wore a lot of V-necks. A lot of V-necks. <laughs> I, I was like, that's how I should dress for the rest of my life when I saw him in that play. And, you know, I would have loved seeing Jude Law in this, but no. No. Side facts you didn't need to know about me. Anyways. Did, like, yeah, I did Jude Law, another name would have just made me focus on somebody more. <laughs> but I feel like the fact that it's Philippi makes you focus on him even more. Wasn't he on WWE? Didn't he show up there a few Yeah, with times? MacGruber. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, that's a whole thing. And him, like, attacking the Kelly McDonald's, this seems out of character from everything else in the movie. Like, it's just, sure. Okay, Julian. Have that happen. Weird. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just sort of, are you trying to paint Americans that way? Yeah. Where yeah. there's like a murder and then a battle band's on the phone. and Yeah. It's kind of funny, though. You definitely get the sense that Julian's uh, interests lie more with the downstairs than the upstairs, which is true for Downton, I think, in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like I barely get to know any of the upstairs people. They're, you know, they just, They're just caricatures. Like, Charles yeah. Dance doesn't do much at all. He's just there in the background uh, all the time. Uh, and then, like... Um, and then his midget son shoots him in the chest. No, that, that's that's another movie. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, Gavin. We just know he's like a blowhard. Um, he, you know, what's funny though. He kind of reminded me a lot of Robert though, uh, Gavin, uh, because he loves a dog, and he kind of is wrongheaded and everything. And I mm-hmm. think for a successful TV show, you gotta make Robert a little bit more lovable. So I, I can see how he's like kind of the caricature for that or the baseline for that. Um, sort of like if there was a older patriarch of Downton. Yeah. It's funny how it comes out that he was uh, he was hooking up with a downstairs woman when she defends him there at the dinner and he just gets up and walks out. Yep. And then he... Yeah. But then you think the one one of them get some finger pointing. Yeah. There's no... Not enough finger pointing. I think you're hanging your hat too strong in the, the mystery here or Netflix got you. It got you where it tries to suggest you to watch it's, this movie. And okay, it's let's not, see what the genre is according to IMDb. I wouldn't... It, I know it's going to be like mystery or whatever but it's not. It... It's just a period piece. Comedy, drama, mystery. So, a mystery stirred. Well, you know, really, you really, really hung up on that second half of the movie. Me, yeah. and I'll take that. That's fine. Yeah, I mean, because all the second half of the movie unlocks is just you know some fun moments with Stephen Fry, and uh, Re- not really though. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's you know he's got that dry humor. Yeah, he's but, good. He's like a he's a presence. Yeah, yeah. But, I definitely popped for him. Yeah, I was, I was like, oh, that guy. Yeah, yeah. All that really manifests itself, though, is in these two scenes that come at the very end of the movie with Clive Owen and Helen Mirren. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because, like, throughout the movie, they ask, like, Clive Owen, where are you from? What's your background? And he's like, I'm an orphan. And they keep dwelling on that throughout the movie. And it's just like, why do they care so much about this guy being an orphan? It really is like... Yeah, I feel like Philippi's point is to like loosen the screws on how everything is run downstairs. Like everyone yeah. seems a little shocked by how Cavalier, forward he is. Cavalier, yeah. But it it all turns out to be character research, right? So when he's like, "Where did you did you guys come from?" Service, and then the guy, the main servant, is like, "Let's 
who has? Yeah, yeah. And then, so basically, I, th- I think he serves a purpose, Philippines character, to to uh, to stir the pot. Mm-hmm. But then it's all, you know, it's just to give us Clive Owen as a, Bro- a brooding a brooder. You know, he is yeah. a, he's essentially a Bates character. He is very much a Batesy character. Yeah. He's like a Bates and nice Tom Barrow. Yeah. He's got two working legs and uh, he's handsome and uh, he's got a dark past. He's mischievous. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, as Spo- spoiler alert, he he did it. Well, he he tried he to do part it. of it. He tried to do it. Uh, it was too late. He was the gamma was already poisoned. So when he stabbed him, no blood came out. <laughs> Just didn't work. Yeah. But uh, yeah, and that's when Kelly McDonald finds it all out, and you know she still makes out with him. But she's like, you know, this guy, he's a he's a murderer. I don't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Don't know about him. And well, it, technically not a murderer. Technically not a murderer. A, a vandal of a body. How to get away with murder? This is how you do it. Yeah, uh, just have your uh, estranged mother yeah. poison. So that's the the next scene that we come to find out. You know that Helen Mirren was actually Clive Owen's mother, and or was it her sister? It was no, her, the sister is the, the Mrs. Mother. Parks or um, the, Mrs. Croft. Yeah. So they're sort of like the Mrs. Hughes and Mrs. Patmore. Which one had, had Clive Owen? Was it Mrs. Mrs. Wilson, Helen Mirren? Okay, but her. Sister also had a baby and did not get it, uh, right. did not give it up. Right. Because what we find out is that it was Gambin who knocked him up. Yeah, Gambin's just running around knocking everybody up. Yeah. And, uh, and giving them all to the, the orphanage. Right. Because back then it's either you have the kid and you're fired or you, you know, let the baby go and you can keep going. And it's funny because during this whole movie I kept thinking, why aren't they doing more with Helen Mirren? I see she's in this. She's just in the background doing nothing. And then you get that last scene and it's like, oh, that's why she's here. And then when you rewind the movie back, and I rewound it because I wanted to, I felt like there just wasn't much Helen Mirren. You see the dots of like, oh, oh, this makes sense. Because she has one scene where she talks to Clive Owen and she's like, oh, nothing or whatever, you know, runs away. And, yeah, she like stares at him. Yeah. And then like, oh, it becomes very clear. Like, oh, that's why. That that all makes sense. Um, But yeah, that scene's pretty powerful with her at then. And it's like, oh, this is why they hired her for this movie. Derek Jacoby, don't know why he was hired and why he's in this movie. He's one of the butlers, one of the greatest actors of all, Bryn. He's just in the background. And I was like, well, maybe they're just doing the same with Helen Mirren. But no, she she got her scene. She got her 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 little bit in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, that that and that's really where the movie goes in terms of like you know, rough times downstairs, but they're going on. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's the American reaction to this movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, yeah. I didn't. It didn't dislike it. I mean, if you like Downton, it, it's got a lot of the isms. So, you know, they go hunting out there, you know, shooting shotguns you off. Think the, is that a real hunt? Because they show the pheasants, like, falling out of the sky. Yeah, I mean, they're shooting at them. Yeah, but it, so it's not like, a, it's like the the movie where they kill the kangaroos. With the, the, the kangaroo Abba. Jack? No. Um, <laughs> the the one that we watched. Oh, movie oh, Awaken Night? Yeah, Awaken yeah, Fright. Awaken Fright, yeah. So it's like real animal cruelty. I think. Yeah. No, they didn't really kill those birds there. So then how do you have the birds act like they're falling out of the sky? <laughs> I think they just threw them at them. I think that was probably more realistic than uh, Downton, where Downton's you know, very much like trying to keep up the soap operas and stuff. This is trying to be a more realistic depiction of things. They could also just probably go on a hunt and shoot it. I don't know if they did that for this movie, though. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think they would. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you get that. You see the downstairs with the bells and everything. It looks a lot like the Downton set. Yeah, it does, has a lot of the same color palettes. Brickers is definitely... Uh, so, so the one who tries to hook up with Cora in, in the main series, uh, Richard E. Grant. Yep. He's back as the, the Barrow type. Uh, yeah. Sassy and uh, trying to 
scheme and everything. And so is a uh, Sprat. Sprat is Sprat in this movie. Yeah, he's Sprat, but like a little more spry. So there's two characters from Down or three. Maggie the, Smith. Yep. Sprat. Bricker and Sprat. Oh, yeah, that's right. Bricker. Bricker's the third one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dave, how'd you feel about Maggie Smith in this movie? She's the, the dowager. She smokes a cigarette and cusses a little bit. It's not uh, Julian leaning full into dowager where she's just quipping all the time. I, I do think she's like, uh, she reminds me a lot more of like if Mary was in the character of the dowager. Is, Where she's like, tell me a little bit more about this drama. I want to know more about what's going on. Yeah, she's a little bit more plausible as a person. Uh huh. And also, I feel like her barbs aren't as witty. They're just good. Like, you know, like when the guy's playing piano, she's like, thank God he stopped or whatever, you know, like just good moments. Uh, I think that planted the seeds for what Julian oh. could do with the Dowager. Yeah, just over the years, he saw the dollar signs in his head and he couldn't get it out and he just had to make down. <laughs> he's taking Maggie with Maggie him. Maggie Smith. Hmm, what can I do next? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ah, more. <laughs> Just more of everything. Uh, I need to bring back that Sprat man, <laughs> Jeremy Swift. <laughs> but not too soon. Let's wait a few seasons. <laughs> you think he went? Knowing this, you think Jeremy Swift went knocking on Julian's door? Mom, I have a role in <laughs> I, your show. I need work. I need work really bad. You, you. I wonder about that with some of these down actors because you know they do the show and then they just disappear for years. You know, like you, you look at the IMDb, especially like some of the servants. They don't go on and do anything. He's been in some things. Yeah, he's been around Jeremy Swift. But I, I was like, um, his daughter's doing really well. He has a daughter. Yeah, Taylor. Oh, I think I heard of her. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, you know, what I was watching. I was watching that um, that new Amazon show, um, Modern Love, uh-huh. and uh, it was the episode with Anne Hathaway. I was just watching that one. I, I didn't really deep dive too deep yet. Uh, I just I don't know. I just wanted to see what this one was. And Jack Ross is her love interest on the episode. Oh, yeah. And I was like, whoa, what's he been up to? Barely not much. He spent three years after Downton doing nothing, and then he got uh, a role in the the Deuce on uh, on HBO. Okay. And then he he did this, and he's also British. Which is so weird. He plays an American on this show, and he plays an American on Downton, but the dude's been British this whole time. Jack Ross. I feel like a lot of actors are like that. They're actually pretending to be... Surprise Brits. Yeah, yeah. That's true. But anyways, yeah, so Jeremy Swift, he he, uh, just coasted off his daughter for all those years, and then finally got the call for uh, (laughs) Downton. Welcome back into the fold, Septimus. Yeah. Uh, What else is going on? There's a lot to talk about in this movie, but like it's so unstructured, it's hard to really boil it down into like some way we can, you know, recount it in any way. I mean, there's just sort of like people disagreeing with each, you know. Yeah. What are you doing walking down here? Right, right. Uh, Kristen (laughs) Scott Thomas is kind of like Mary in that she's pretty much unlikable. I guess uh, I read in the trivia she was also unlikable on set, and she didn't realize. Don't know why. Uh, who else is upstairs? You know, we get some of the sisters. They're just kind of there uh, as window dressing. They have their own relationship drama, but it's all in the backgrounds. It's uh-huh. all in the fringes, just to kind of add color to the whole the whole movie. There's an actor, or no? There's the guy that playing the piano, right? Yeah, who who, who was in? They they claim he was in the the lodger, which is the Hitchcock film from 1926 27, the first ever to have sound. Mm-hmm. Um, which apparently was a commercial failure. I didn't know that, even though it's regarded as a classic today, and they let him know about that. Yeah, that's which is fine, you know. Yeah, but this movie it brought Julian Fellows an Oscar. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> what won the Oscars that year? I mean, the Fellowship of the Ring came out that year. 
Is it the room of the, the year of in the is bed it, room? Is it 2001 or 2002 Oscars? It's 2000, uh, 2000, well, t- the Oscars happened in 2002 for films nominated in 2001. That's the year that Halle Berry and Denzel Washington both won Best Actor and Best Actress. The best year for uh, for actors and actresses. Just Denzel won an Oscar. Hell yeah. Uh, Denzel. Yeah. Uh, Jim Broadbent. Oh, yeah. He's got those big eyes. What do you win for? Isis. What? <laughs> Iris. <laughs> Iris. Okay. Um, Halle Berry. Jennifer Connelly. Shrek. Oh, that's a Beautiful Mind one that year. Yep. Shrek won Best uh, Original Screenplay. <laughs> Classic Shrek. Nominated for Best Animated Feature, Jimmy Neutron, Boy Genius. It was the first year of animated features being <laughs> oh, nominated. So that, that, Shrek beat Monsters, Inc. Yeah, we've come a long way. I know. It was a big deal that Disney then won the first best animated film. But we're getting off off topic now. Uh, Gosford Park, let's just... Uh, oh, how about that 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 one um, maid down there? Oh, wait, were you about to say Gosford Park? Okay, Gosford Park, Helen Mirren and Maggie Smith both got nominated for Supporting Actress, didn't win. Yep. Best Director, Best Art, art. Direction, Best costume. costume Design, Directing. And Best Picture. Best Picture, Writing, Fellows won, that's it. Yeah. Cool. So, uh... Shrek. <laughs> yeah, and, and Shrek won all, all of the Oscars. Uh, but yeah, this uh, this movie was a big hit back then, and don't know why it took so long to uh, produce a spinoff, but we got it. I do, how, Dave, how do you feel about the maid, the, the big maid, who hooks up with this young dude or whatever in the background of the movie? I didn't understand it because they don't, like, follow it up. I think it's just a funny thing. Like, you just want to expect her to get this going going on, and she she did. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a nice little aside, you know? Mm-hmm. That's uh, Robert Alton, you know, working for you. Yeah, great. Yeah. Good, good work, Bob Altman and Bob Balaban. Yeah, this is, like, well-regarded as, like, one, like Altman's, like, one of his, like, last great works, because he only, well, he only did Prairie Home Commanding after this, but even his late career, this is, like, well-regarded, regarded, and... Mm-hmm. I guess you just have to have more of a taste for his films than we than we do, you know. Yeah, I think Downton gives us all these things that that in a movie are a little bit undeveloped. Downton obviously lets them breathe a lot more, and that's I think where we latch on to it. Yeah, yeah. Whereas in a movie, it's a little tough. Yeah, and this takes place in 1932. After um, yep, so technically this could be in Downton canon. Could be, could be, except Dowager and Maggie Downton Smith multiverse. would be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and then after this, all these actors, they kind of kept their careers going. This is like a nice like feather in the cap for a lot of the actors, but it wasn't like a big step because you know they all have minor roles. Um, yeah. Because it's not like Clive Owen went, like, launched to like superstardom after this. It still took a few years. Jeremy Swift had to wait a while. Yeah, yeah, To yeah. get his role in Downton Abbey. <laughs> yeah, keep the career going <laughs> at all. Um, but yeah, this movie made about, you know, $40 million worldwide, I think. Sure. Yeah. Good. That's good for back then. And oh, no, 87, $87 million dollars worldwide. I'm sorry, forty million dollars domestically. So that's pretty good, all things considered. That's Altman. That's that Oscar buzz. That really is Oscar buzz driving this because it came out late December and then it went on through uh, January. So there you have it. I mean, that that's pretty much all we got to say about Gosford Park, really, right? Yeah. You got power rankings for Gosford Park? I do indeed. I do too. I use the actor's names. Oh, I do have some notes though on the movie. Okay, uh, go with your notes. Uh, it's actually just describing the plot, you know, per usual. Um, 
was it there i do you like that you, you get the sense of setting already where like there's a conversation where, like some have a lady's maid and some don't and you get that sense of like the the fracturing yeah, and that there's the what am i with the daughter where it's like what are you gonna do now yeah and she's like i don't know i don't who why do i even want to maintain this life yeah it, it, yeah it's very much shades of mary where it's like you know do we even need this manner anymore all right who do you got in your power rankings well wait there, there's oh, a, there, you got more notes there is a quote from bob balaban uh, I'm the best. Yeah, he recommended Robert Altman that Julian Fellows write the screenplay. He said, Altman asked him to try it, and maybe six weeks later, Julian sent the first 75 pages. It was clear that he was brilliant, and his knowledge of class society, the workings of it, was encyclopedic. This talented writer, moldering away as a relatively unsuccessful actor, that was a brass ring, and he took it. It's a part of the, the key to his current success, his work ethic. He doesn't procrastinate. He doesn't hide. He works like a demon. That's what his friend, the Bob Balaban, said about his friend Julian Fellows. Works like a what? A, a demon, and I quote, a demon, as reported in the New York Times in September 2011. So you heard it here, uh, you know, down the road. That this so not only us, Bob Balaban. <laughs> is corroborating the story. Yep. So. All right. Dave, do you have any quotes from the movie? No. I was very minimal. With, with movies, I want to soak it in. I'm not going to, like, pause and rewind and pause and rewind. It's true. It is true. I'm not. I know you did, but that's not my my style. Yeah. Did you have anything about the Carson type of character in the movie, where he may be responsible for the murder of the guy? I had all these ideas about who would be responsible for the murder of the guy, but the movie doesn't spend any time trying to to make you care. Yeah, I do like. Um, so I do actually have a couple quotes. Like when the Maggie Smith uh, talks about Emily Watson's character, who was hooking up with uh, Gambin. You know, she pretty much loses her job once it comes out that she uh, she did it. Uh, the Dowager says, "Pity it would be good to have someone in the house unhappy that he's dead, because <laughs> he's dead. Uh. Do you think he'll be as long as he usually is with playing the piano?" And she says, "Don't encourage him." And she also says, "Me, I haven't a snobbish bone in my body." The, the irony sounds sounds like the Dowager. Yep, yep. Old Maggie. Yep. So who's on the down for you, Dave? Number three. Mm-hmm. All the people in the cast that didn't do anything. <laughs> so that includes like what Charles Dance, Derek Jacoby, Helen Mirren for half the movie. Um Oscar nominee for this movie, Helen Mirren. What's his name? Bricker. Brickers. Yeah. He he had so much sass. He could have used them more. Yeah, he has a lot of good like eye rolly moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. What, what about you? Uh, I have Emily Watson. She uh she hooked up with uh, the Gambin, and she loses her job in the movie. I don't know her character's name, but you all know Emily Watson from uh, such, yeah, I don't have any... such other films as uh, Breaking the Waves, right? Okay. <laughs> Number two down, I have Stephen Fry. <laughs> what did Stephen Fry do to be on... He didn't solve the murder? Is that it? Yeah, he just diddles around. <laughs> That's true. He just kind of adds... A, he's there to get the movie some more budget. Um, Number two, I have Ryan Philippi. Okay. Okay. He's he's not that good of an actor uh, in real life or in this movie, really. And uh, wow, Philippi. Sorry to bag on you, dude. You seem like a nice guy. I like you. He's and like a baby face. He is a baby face, and he's gone far, pretty far for his talent. And so kudos to him. And yeah, he gets found out as an American, and thus no one cares. Number one, who's down? The Michael Gambon, Dumbledore. He gets yeah, he gets iced. He gets he gets, Snape kills him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it for him. Yeah, not much else to say. Nope, not tough at all. luck. Yeah. So, on the, who do you got on up? I got uh, number three. I have Helen Mirren. Me too. She got Oscar nominated for this film, and uh, she that last scene is a powerhouse. 
And she looks good in this movie. She looks... Yeah, that's when she first goes to see Clive Owen. It's like, I know Helen Mirren kind of plays up the, the you know, being an older lady and being a... A, a cougar. Yeah. yeah. She is. So I was thinking, I was like, uh-oh. She's full feline teeth in this one. All right. Yeah. Whatever that means. She's... she's she, I like her. Uh, <laughs> number two, I got Clive Owen. Okay. I think this, like, I watching this movie, I could never really see him as a James Bond character. This one, I was like, oh, I could see why they were, like, saying this is the guy. This yeah, because he's suave in this movie. Yeah, he's real suave. And, like, he carries it well. If he just hit the gym a little bit more and lifted weights, I could be like, this guy's got to be in every movie. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know. <laughs> as why. opposed to the 25 or what? You know, yeah, I'm, just, I'm just being in my, my Vince McMahon mode, like, just look at his body. Come on. <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, I can see why why he he was primed to be a big deal here. He had a lot of charisma in this movie, and especially at the end when he tells Carrie uh, Kelly McDonald goodbye, and then that's it. It's like, man, way to end a relationship just like that. That's how you do it. You just say goodbye. Adios. Yeah, I got Ryan Philippi on the up. <laughs> what? what? Explain it. Explain. So it. he plays both sides. <laughs> okay, he does. He hooks up multiple times in this movie, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, he's a kind of a POS. Like, you're oh, not he, trying to say he's he not. absolutely is. Um, or no, he just gets it with the with the Lady Mary type, right? With Chris Scott. Scott yeah, Tom? yeah, yeah. But he does. He does. Yeah, he's playing the game. Yeah, it's funny they do this shot where they the movie kind of zooms in on his butt, and I think it's like to show like his boxers show, say like Fox like let you know he's American, but it's just like okay, I guess it could, it goes both ways. He, Altman just likes some good guys' butt or the crevice, or I thought it was a <laughs> crevice. <geez>. <laughs> 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 or it's just the, the illusion that he's American. And All right, so you got Bob Balaban at number one? No, no, no. I mean, who else walked away with this movie and got a whole show made after her? It's, okay. It's Maggie Smith. I got Clive Owen at You're one. just an idiot. <laughs> Maggie Smith, the reason why Downton Abbey exists is because Maggie Smith in this movie. Yeah, but I'm not doing the power rankings okay. for Downton Abbey. I'm doing it for... Park. But she also has all the quips. Everyone comes away thinking about her from this movie, or do they come about come out of it thinking about Clive Owen? Clive Owen. Okay. Huh. You were thinking about Clive Owen. Yeah. All right. He did it. Yeah. I think underrated. Kelly McDonald is great in this movie, and it made me think, like, why isn't she in more things? Even though she is in a lot, it's like, I want to see her in more things I want to see. Mm-hmm. I thought she really helped to sell the Clive Owen's character's mystery and, like, you know, suaveness. They had good chemistry. Yeah. But, uh... She's in Holmes and Watson. <laughs> She's done a lot of things, man. But I think, if anything, now we just pour one out for Clive Owen's career. Uh, you know. They couldn't have gotten him to play the assassin in the movie. In what movie? In, in Downton Abbey. Oh, I thought you were talking about Gemini, man. <laughs> couldn't he have just been young Will Smith in that movie? Uh, yeah, you know. Uh, he, he could have been so much more. But, uh, no. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's working. I mean, he is working. He, he he has money coming in. And to think, you know, he followed up, what is it? He followed up Gosford Park with Born Identity, where they made him wear glasses, and he was barely in that movie. He really just made bad career choices, I think, with a lot of his movies, and just got on a hot streak once, and it cooled down, and then it's just been let, we've been left asking, what if? You know, how'd he kick off this decade? He did that movie with De Niro and Jason Statham, the killer elite or whatever. Yeah, he plays a character named Spike. I, I I saw that movie and I can't tell you a single thing about it. Uh, he plays Ernest Hemingway in a TV movie with Nicole Kidman, yeah. Uh, where he tries to make Ernest Hemingway, I think, charming, which is funny because then that guy like beat people up. Wasn't he a bad dude? I don't know. He, he survived a plane crash. Anyways, that's besides the point. Anyways, Gosford Park, we watched it. Julian, it's a piece of Julian history. It is a piece of Julian it, history. It has made me think. <laughs> some, one of our friends suggested tweaking this podcast as we 
look towards the future as just being the fellows fellows and breaking down the work of Julian fellows. I don't know if I could do <laughs> it's that. It's a deep dive now that now that we've stared into the, the deep end. Yeah, we've uh, we've stared into the mouth of madness and I don't know if I can commit even more fully. Yeah, we've stared into Gamora and uh, yeah, this is where we are now. But what lies ahead for us, Dave, as the Lord's Grantham? What is we've done all this. We've done everything down related. Well with the the movie coming out, I could see watching it with the audio commentary. I could see breaking down that supplemental material. The deleted scenes and everything. With yeah. the holidays coming up, um there's a lot of Downton books. There's a cocktail book that came out with the movie. A lot of stuff that came out with the movie. We can review all of it. We can review all of it. Till the end of time. Yeah, hopefully some some Black Friday deals on some of those things so we don't need to spend all this money. Yeah, until And we- there's some competition for our friends at High Clear Castle Gin. Mm-hmm. The Downton Abbey branded gin whiskey. Oh, yeah. We got to try that. We got to try both bottles. They're both 50 bucks. And we're going to go all in, man. Yeah, I mean, that's what that Patreon is for. Going to have a spirited holiday. Yeah, to get us drunk. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I think in the next in the short term, I think we may be returning to watching Downton Abbey again, Dave. I think this is our our season one episode one again. This is our darkest fears coming to true <laughs> reality. We have to watch it again, and and this is this is our purgatory. We're forced to watch Downton until we die. Yeah, I think I think it's just because we when we came to it initially, we didn't have our chemistry that we have now. Even mm-hmm. though we were friends for a long time, it just wasn't in podcast form. And we didn't have our flow. We didn't have our flow. And we just also weren't as reacquainted with Downton as we are now. So yeah. It's time to it's revisit. In our, it's in our DNA now. Yeah. Blood Brothers. All right. All right. So next week, Downton Season 1, Episode 1. We're back. <laughs> it's oh, a later goodness. time. <laughs> Strap in. We're going to need some, some beers next week. Yeah. Follow us on the, the Twitter, the Instagram, the Facebook. We're all there. Give us a, a rate and review on iTunes, please. It goes a long way. Yeah, we are. I think we're at twenty nine reviews. We need that thirtieth. We need the golden number thirty. Yeah. All right. Write the thirtieth review. Screen cap it. Send us to us. Send it to us on on social media. We'll uh, we'll hook you up. Maybe. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Until we meet again. Adios. <laughs>